0: hello 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 we are live praise the lord good morning good afternoon good evening hallelujah praise the lord thank you jesus all right you guys welcome 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 once again we are live here at true free love ministries and it is our Eternity chat. Hallelujah. We have been coming to you every third Saturday of the month. Hallelujah. This is season two.
1: Praise (laughs) the Lord.
0: Lord. Hallelujah. He's so faithful. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. And I just want to welcome you. I am Apostle True. And my good friend here, Prophet is Free. Yes, we are here this morning, afternoon, this evening to welcome you once again. And so that we can get into the art of receiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we're so glad that you are here with us. We are glad that some of you are coming on and and getting ready to sit down and get into the word and hear what God is going to say. We know that God always communicates with us. God speaks all the time. God is never quiet. He is always speaking to his children. And so we're going to ask that you just kind of get yourselves together this morning. We ask in the name of Jesus that the everywhere and anywhere that you guys are, that there is peace, that there is a, a presence of peace and calm in the name of Jesus so Amen. that you can receive everything that God has. And if for some reason you are going through something, I just feel led to to say this. If for some reason you are going through something and for whatever reason God has allowed you to tune in this morning, today, then I'm sure that God has something for you. So I'm going to ask you to be attentive. I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles, your your pen and your paper. I'm going to ask you to be attentive to the Word of God this morning. And I'm going to ask you to Open yourself up, your mind, your heart, everything to receive from God in full, not partial, in full. And we just thank you for joining us and being faithful every third Saturday. And we're asking that you just go ahead and type in that box wherever you are just let us know how you're doing and we want you to share this. Oh yeah, we do. Yes, we do. We want you to tell somebody. (laughs) We want you to wake somebody up and let them know that we are here every third Saturday and we are here this morning. We are here today, all right? So I'm going to let you know that we are excited because we know that God is about to do something explosive. All right. Mm -hmm. So we, if you, if this is your first time, what we are here, we talk about this book. It's called Beyond Salvation. The Art of Receiving God's Promises. Promises. The Art of Receiving God's Promises. That's with an S. Okay. And we go through that book and we kind of, Uh, just kind of expound on some of the things, because it's a wonderful book. It is really a wonderful book. If you are saved and have been saved for 20 years, it, it doesn't matter if you just got saved. It doesn't matter if you have Bible classes and you are teaching classes and just evangelizing. It doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. This book right here, Beyond Salvation, The Art of Receiving God's Promises, is a gem. It is a, literally a jewel, that pearl, that thing that you find, and you hold on. It is a wonderful teaching tool. It is a wonderful um, gift. It is a wonderful read. I, I promise you, uh, when I first read the book, it just, the anointing of the pages just really spoke to my spirit. And that is why today we are doing these Eternity Chats. Because we want you to receive God's promises.
1: Please, amen.
2: Okay, may I tell just a quick story about this? And before I do, let me just, God had put this on my heart. Look at how perfect he is. I wanted to take a moment to thank you, Apostle True. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you read this book, you contacted me and you just poured your heart out about what a jewel you found it to be, how it blessed your heart. And um, you said that you just really, um, you were just really blessed by it. And then months later, you contacted me, you said, hey, sis, how are you available to do a Facebook Live about the book Beyond Salvation? And when we did it, we thought it was a one-time shot but I thank you because you saw something in this. You followed the Lord's prompting on this. And you opened up this platform that we're on today, the Eternity Chat. Um, and you've invited me on and, and we've been ministering this book together. So I just want to take that time and say thank you for that and for this platform. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And what Apostle True is saying about this book, it, it, <laughs> Wow. It, look, I don't know if you can see, it's it's a thin book. It's a relatively thin book, okay? But people who read it, they say, you know, it, it looks like a thin book and it looks like a quick read. But if you read it right, it's going to take you at least six months to read it because it's so rich. Mm-hmm. This book has appealed to, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it has appealed more to unchurched people than to churched people. And the reason is because it so cuts through the layers of religion so those who are unchurched who don't have all that religion in them what the church says we should do with the the tradition and all of this they have received it so easily and so readily so much so that i i um gave this book to one gentleman and he says one day um some jehovah's witnesses came to his door and he was listening to them and they were speaking. And he said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not right. He went and got this book and gave it to him and said, you read this and come back and talk to me. And the man's not saved. <laughs> okay. Right. So the truth of God's word, the unadulterated love of God on every page of the book. So we we do. We want you to receive all the promises of God because he loves you so much. And he wants you to have all the promises of God. And um, how to access them is written in such clarity, such simplicity, that, you know, if you haven't read it before, if you don't know these things, it's a great learning tool. If you have learned these things, like Apostle Truth said, you've been saved for 20 years, it's a great handbook to just come by and, and just review the basics, review the fundamentals. So just wanted to share that.
0: Thank you. Amen. Amen. It's true. It, everything that she said is true. That's how profound the, the book was to me because Jesus was all in it and his truth. And she, she said it correctly. Um, she, cuts to, she cuts to the heart of God. There's, there's not a lot of fluff in there. There's not a lot of, you know, holier-than-thou type of talk. And sometimes you, you, may, if, you, if, you ha- if you are a believer and you have come from um, uh, uh, a faith where tradition is very strong, you may be offended. And that's a good thing <laughs> because what that's going to do is move you and push you into the word of God.
2: Amen.
0: That's what God wants. God loves you. It doesn't matter that you, you uh, believe the way that you do, but you, God wants you to have the promises. He wants you to have the healing. He wants you to walk in healing. He wants you to walk in health. He wants you to walk in prosperity. There's promises that God wants you to have, and he doesn't want you to live a defeated life. So once again, welcome, welcome, welcome. I thank each and every one of you that are on live with us and those who are going to watch by video later. And I thank you all for being faithful to us on the third Saturday of the month. And so I'm just going to pray and then we're going to move into it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. All right, Lord, Father God, in the name of Jesus Oh, Lord, we just worship you and praise you and give you glory and honor, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for being here with us this morning. We thank you, Father God, for being with us this day. We thank you, Father God, that your word is true, that you are not a man that you should lie. We thank you, Father God, for being present in every household in every car who's listening, Father God, while they're driving, because they want to be faithful and they want to hear what the Lord is saying. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for those who are home with children, Father God, but they have been faithful, Father God, to turn on and tune in, in the name of Jesus. And we just, Father God, thank you, Father God, for the peace, Father God, prosperity and health, Father God, that you are bringing your people, Father God, as you, Father God, clear away clutter, You clear away, Father God, the the red tape of bureaucracy, Father God, of the church in the name of Jesus. And we get down to the unadulterated, Father God, love of Christ in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, we just ask that you would bless each and every hearer, Father God, that their ears would be open, that their eyes would be enlightened, Father God, that their hearts would be softened, that their minds would be clear to receive in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you would be glorified and lifted up and draw all men unto you. We give you glory and honor, Father God. We take authority and dominion, Father God, over the airwaves, Father God over the internet, in the name of Jesus. We just, Father God, give you the glory and honor in the name of Jesus, and we declare these things okay. in the authority that you have given us as your children, as citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you, and we give you all the glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen,
2: amen, amen. amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, um... Apostle True has opened us up, and I trust that while she was um, telling us all that wonderful information and and just um, what a treasure the book is and how you should get it, that you um, have gotten your Bible, your pen, your notebook, and everything that you need to capture what the Lord would say to you. Amen. Let's not take the Word of God for granted, okay? And if you have friends who would like to watch you think they'd be interested but they are not facebook fans they can watch on um the on our website god's love song slash eternity dash dash chats with an s god's love song slash eternity dash chats they will see um apostles true apostle true's facebook page up there and we are live on that facebook page which is on my website so um, text them. Let them know. Amen. And if you have any questions, any comments, any reflections, any takeaways that you'd like to share with us, any prayer requests, please contact us. Email us at eternitychat, no S, at godslovesongministries.com. Eternitychat at godslovesongministries.com. And now for this exciting announcement we started it last month and praise God people expressed interest and some came and so we are now having taste and see sessions at discipleship way the last 3 months you all have um seen videos that we've presented here in the Eternity Chat where um, members of Discipleship Way have shared their journey with us um, about receiving from God, the challenges they've experienced, the breakthroughs they've had, the revelations um, they've gotten, and they have so graciously allowed me to share them with you through the Eternity Chat. And you can see the type of conversations we have. You can see the transparency that comes forth. You can see the light of God's truth coming in. And you can see the manifestation of God's word taking place in each of their lives. And if you want to experience that, if you want to be a part of that, I'd like to invite you to our Taste and See session at Discipleship Way. These sessions are held um, the week after the eternity chat, so our eternity chats are held every third Saturday of the month. The following week on Wednesday, our Kenya chapter of Discipleship Way meets, and on Friday, our America chapter of Discipleship Way meets. So, um, and you do not have to be in Kenya to be a part of the Kenya chapter. Um, it's just it's just that right now the members are in Kenya, and our time zone is the East Africa time zone. So um, if you're in Uganda, if you're in Tanzania, if you're anywhere else and that time zone works better for you, then feel free to join our Kenya chapter. Same with the America chapter. Wherever you are, you are welcome to join. So um, again, these sessions are held the week after the Eternity Chat. So they'll be held next week, Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern in the United States. All right. And then the Kenya chapter is held next week on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. East Africa time. If you would like to be a part, if you would like to join in these discussions, if you would like to just be in the atmosphere, no pressure to speak. You just want to be in the atmosphere and get a feel for what it is. Then why don't you go register at DiscipleshipWay.org slash taste and see. That's DiscipleshipWay.org slash taste dash and amen 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 well welcome 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 to the eternity chat um here with fresh ears be open to receive the lord has spoken to me this morning that he wants to minister to us straight out of his word so there's going to be a lot of scripture today So make sure you've got your pen, your notebook, your pad to write down the scripture references. And because there are so many, I've done something that um, I don't usually do. But the scriptures will be shown, most of the scriptures, the scriptures that God has given me, um, that he's had me to prepare, they will be shown on the screen. Does that mean you do not follow along in your Bible? absolutely not you follow along in your bible but um, we are using the amplified classic so if you don't have an amplified classic then you know look up here but make contact with your bible make contact with your weapon because when you are in the midst of the battle when you are in the midst of war you're probably not going to run and try to find this eternity chat and scroll through to find the scripture when we talked mm-hmm. about it you will want to have it in your Bible, ready and waiting. And as my pastor used to say, he, said, he used to call me Sister KK. Sister KK, thy word have I hid in my heart, not in my Bible. <laughs> so open your Bible, read it, but get the word in your heart. Amen? Because that's what's going to carry you through. Praise the Lord.
1: Thank you. All right.
2: Praise the Lord. So this week, well, let me just let me just do a quick recap. Um, the last couple of months, we've been talking about the real of receiving, and we started talking about the real of receiving. Okay, I believe I receive. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, I receive. Hallelujah. But why am I not seeing any manifestation? Amen. Okay. And so we were talking about the real of receiving. And um, again, a quick thank you to Sister Shalom, to Sister Charmaine and to Brother Evans who have shared their testimonies and their walks with us um, that we've discussed through Discipleship Way and they've allowed me to share with you. So I, I thank you once again, Discipleship Way, where we are achieving victory in everyday life and influencing others to do the same. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, What are the challenges? Well, Sister Shalom flat out shared, well, I don't want to ask him because I might not want to hear what he has to say, because if he tells me, then I'll have to do it. Well, I'll say that's a challenge to receiving. (laughs) If we don't want to obey, that's a challenge. That's going to block our receiver. That's not going to leave us open to receive what God has for us. Other challenges are old mindsets. Uh, Brother Evans shared the old mindset. He says it's, it's taught prevalently in Kenya and in other places, but he's experienced it there in Kenya, that we have to suffer for Jesus. We have to live a life of suffering um, in order to be blessed by God. And he says, I've learned from the truth of God's word that that's not how it is at all. He says no suffering is not our plight do we suffer yes but we don't suffer like the world suffers the world suffers and has a hard time we suffer that means we endure because jesus has already overcome for us we are overcomers so we can endure we don't have to always be under the circumstances so that that mindset of having to suffer was an old mindset where he needed to renew his mind sister shalom shared an old mindset of you had to endure we had to outlast the trouble but we had to outlast the trouble on our own Mm -hmm. we had to be self-sufficient to prove to god that we were a good christian Mm -hmm. so that self-preservation that self-dependence was an old and i feel the anointing somebody grabbed this that was an old mindset where she had to renew her mind and understand no god i depend on you i endure because you are in me and you give me that power to endure i endure and can endure because i'm not doing it on my own rather i am depending on you and when you hear me say that they're renewing their minds it's not a one and done kind of thing Amen. renewing the mind is a continual process the most important thing An unbeliever can do is get saved. The most important thing a believer can do is renew his or her mind on a continual basis. What are we renewing our minds to? We're renewing our minds to the word of God, to God's way of doing things, to God's way of of doing and being and having right. That's another thing that, um, that Brother Evan shared with us. He says, I had to learn that Oh, I have to do it God's way. I I can't do it the way I think is best. I can't do it the way others say to do it. I have to do it God's way. And when I do it God's way, I get God's results. Touchdown, breakthrough, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that's renewing the mind, just coming to that realization. So we talked about challenges to receiving, old mindsets, um, just getting over ourselves. If he tells me what to do, I might not want to do it. And then we talked about um, breakthroughs that they received, how they, um, like I just said, Brother Evans said, you know, I'm realizing that I have to do it God's way. Sister Shalom shared that God has a plan. When he created me, he created me with a plan. So I don't need to try to come up with my own plan. I don't need to go try to go along with my own plan. I need to follow God's plan. And the way to access God's plan is through the mind of Christ. So this is the real of receiving. This is looking at ourselves, okay? Looking at ourselves and admitting that we have shortcomings, admitting that we have Our druthers, I'd rather do this, I'd rather do that, even though God's saying doing this. We have to get honest with ourselves and then realize that there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. And then we need to humble ourselves and change. So this is where we are in the real of receiving. And now how do we do that? How do we make room to receive? a theme, a thread that's been going through these sessions is that we have to die to self, turn from our ways, turn to God's ways. Okay. Get over it. Even if we don't want to do what he's saying, we need to realize that in order to get his results, we need to do what he's saying. All of this requires dying to self. All of this requires receiving God's word. There's that word again, receiving. Mm -hmm. In this context, What does it mean to receive God's word? Let's start with the very basics. Just decide that God's word is right. Just decide whether you like it or not, whether you're ready to do it or not. Just decide that God's word is right. I had to make a decision that vegetables are healthy. I had to just make a decision and just know it, whether I wanted to comply with it or not, that I don't need a honey bun every day. I don't need a honey bun at all, really. (laughs) Sugar is bad. (laughs) I just need to know that. I need to know that. And then give myself to God and say, okay, God, because knowing is not enough. You've heard somebody say, if you know better, do better. And lots of times we try to do better in our own strength. And that only lasts for half a second. So when I know, now it's up to me to say, okay, Lord, I want to do what I know. I, I give you my want to. I want to do what is right. Am I like feeling like fasting that honey bun today? Am I feeling like it right now? No. Can I do it in my own strength? No, because it's calling me, it's calling me, it's calling me. But Lord, I give you my want to. And the more I give him my want to, the more he works it in me to want to do that, to want to uh, leave that honey bun alone more than I want to eat it. He works it in me. It's not something I muster up on my own. Willpower. That's what the world calls it, right? Willpower. Positive thinking. That only gets you so far because you're going in your own strength. We have to yield to the power of God and let Him do the work in us. And guess what? He's more than happy to do it. But here's the rub. Here's the problem. When we receive, or, or when someone presents that knowledge, I'm going to let's talk about God, when God presents that knowledge through His word, when He says, "Don't do this." He has presented it to you through his word. That is a word of correction to you. It's a word to get you off of the wrong path and onto the right path. But the question becomes, what do you do with correction? How do you respond to correction? And so I ask this question in discipleship way. And I'm going to go ahead and pull it up and play the video. What is the importance of embracing correction? What, does, what about yes.
1: that? Yes, Hallelujah. Glory to God. So <laughs> uh,
2: correction helps us actually to align with the will, with the will of God. That is if the uh, advice or the counsel that you are being given is of God.
1: But if you are not a person who is willing to be corrected, then it is really not easy for uh, you
2: to change the, your mind towards the will of God. And How do you
1: deal with correction? I think I have some different ways. Some, some are obvious that I need to take care of. Yeah. Um, but there's some of it, sometimes I, yeah, I get angry. I, um, I think sometimes I feel like cheated. I, I, I thought I knew, and now you're telling me I don't. And, um, and it, most of the time, though, if I can just, it's kind of like you have a pond, and when the wind blows against us, there's some ripples, and then when there's a storm, you get some waves. And but it gets back to the calm. And I think that's the way I am. You know, I can I can get there, but I have to be but what it is is I am conscious of what I need to do now as opposed to before it was all deep underwater. Mm. So some stuff that rose to the surface, just like in the turning of the soil so the rocks rise up you know every year you don't get rocks in the same place and sometimes you don't get rocks you only get the stones and to me a rock is bigger than a stone so that's why i say it that way but um and then you know two years later you're going through and boom there's this you know three pounds rock so i think the You know, I want to to predict it, and it's not predictable. I just need to work at being open more of the time.
2: Amen, Shalom. You said a couple of key things. You said you felt cheated because, wait a minute, I thought I knew this, and now you're telling me I don't? (laughs) I have to unlearn what I've learned, and you're telling me that what I've learned is wrong? And now I've got to learn something else. There can be quite a resistance to that. Um, so that's a that's a very good point. And then um, I like what you said about, you know, next year when you wrote Until the Stones, the stones don't show up in the same place. They don't, so it's like different areas that we're working on. It's a process. It's a process. And the third thing you said, which was the last thing, and it seems to be slipping my mind, But the biggest thing that I've got from everything that you shared is that one thing that comes from correction, whether you, well, if you receive it, even if you don't like it, one of the biggest things that comes to you is awareness, is awareness. I like that you said, okay, I haven't started moving towards it yet, but now I'm aware. And do you know what that's called? That's called Light B. (laughs) That's called Revelation B. That's God shining his light so we can see not how bad we are, but how much he loves us and that he loves us enough to point out the things that need to be changed so we can receive more of him and more from him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So there's that awareness piece. The Lord's pointing it out. I said, i even open my Bible. He says, don't do this. That's awareness that we need to stop doing it. And it's a word of correction. And I want to clarify this because some people, when they hear the word correction, they hear punishment. Correction does not mean punishment. If you don't yield to correction, you might endure what you feel like is punishment. But correction is just redirection to get you to stop doing stuff. And to do it, stop doing the wrong things. And the more sensitive you are to God's correction, the lighter his touch of correction can be. But the more hardened your heart is towards correction, then the tougher the Lord has to be. So, really, the degree of correction that you receive. It depends on your degree of response to it. You know, have you ever um, said something to somebody and you're talking in, in a regular voice and they don't answer you and so you say, Hey, did you hear me? Now you're talking louder. And then they're just not, can you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You have to get louder so they can hear because they're not responding to the softer tones. It's the same way with God's correction. So don't, I want to encourage you today not to look at correction as a bad thing. It's actually an expression of God's love. The Bible says that God chastens those whom he loves. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But puzzle True, would you like to say something here?
0: Absolutely. You've said so much. And um, as you see, I've been writing down um, a few things that the Lord has um, just been bringing to my, uh, my mind scriptures and so forth. But you're absolutely right. Correction is not a bad thing. And uh, one of the things that I tell my children all the time, even when they were young and even now, um, I would tell them when they would get upset with me, when I would discipline correct them, right? Uh, stop them from doing something or prevent them from doing something by telling them no, uh, preventing them from going someplace or being a part of certain things that were not good for them. They got angry. They did not like that at all. And there was some back talk. There was, you know, a why? Everybody else is doing it. We're just going to have fun. We're just going to do this. But when I say no, I don't have to explain myself. And although I might do that, the purpose of me doing it is to prevent you from going down the wrong road. Because some things that, you, some things that we partake in are easy to um, turn around from, right, or come come out of right you you go down the wrong road you make a u-turn or you back up but there are other things that you find yourself in that you have to go through that whole procession you're not going to be able because that road that you have taken is so narrow and it is so destructive that there is no way for you to go back and you're going to have to go through that whole process and it is unnecessary And God doesn't want that for us. And I've told him many, many times, if I never corrected you or disciplined you or said anything to you, when you got older to know better, you would hate me. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And you would say to me, why did you never tell me? No. Why did you never say to me that I couldn't do this or this was going? Why? but they can remember the many times that I said no to certain things or why they couldn't partake in certain things, and they are thankful for the correction. They are thankful that I was there to guide and lead them, and that's what God does for his children, every last one of us.
2: Amen. Amen. You know, you just said that about your children, that if you hadn't corrected them when they grew up, they would say, why didn't you tell me? They would hate you for it. I experienced uh, kind of the opposite. Um, There was somebody, in uh, an authority figure in my life, and I asked them if I could do something, and it was a pretty big deal. And their answer to me as a young person was, Well, against my better judgment, I'm going to let you do it. And I did it. You know, the young person in me was like, yay, whoo, got over on that one. All right. But that path of destruction was not one that I could come back out of. Mm. It was one that took supernatural deliverance from God to get me out of. And so, um, yeah, correction is a wonderful thing. It's an expression of love. It's an expression of love. So um, with that, I would like to share some scriptures on correction. You all get your Bibles, but I'm going to pull these slides up uh, for us to see. So this is correction, and it is the love of our Father God. We love him because we first loved us. Let me explain that. Again, the Bible says that God chastens or corrects Those he loves. The Bible also says that if we love him, we will obey his commandments. Our response of obedience is a response of love to the love that God initiated towards us through his correction. His commands are his correction. We don't have to necessarily do wrong to be corrected. He's always showing us the correct way. His word is correction. So he initiates by giving us that correction, giving us that direction. We respond by obeying it. We love him because he first loved us. We wouldn't have any love to respond to if he hadn't initiated it. Amen? Amen. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about are the benefits of correction. The first scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, in the King James Version. And what I'm going to do, I'm just going to read through these scriptures and let the spirit of the Lord speak to you. I will do very little expounding. Um, But Apostle True, if you feel led to say something, um, just get my attention. And the same, if the Lord tells me to say something, I'll say it. But I just, um, the Lord wants to speak to you from his word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, King James Version. Now, no, ch- and this is the benefit, the benefit of correction. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. What is our Father God's heart behind correction? Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 through 8 in the King James Version. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. the receiver of discipline versus the despiser of correction. Proverbs 12.1, Amplified Classic. Whoever loves instruction and correction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is like a brute beast, stupid and indiscriminating. Proverbs 15.32, in the King James Version. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The proper response to correction. Hebrews 12, 5-7, Amplified Classic. And have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines every one whom he loves, and he punishes, even scourges, every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not thus train and correct and discipline? Proverbs 8.33, King James Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not We're talking about the proper response to correction My absolute favorite Revelation 3 verses 19 and 20 in the Amplified Classic Those whom I dearly and tenderly love I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten I discipline and instruct them So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he will eat with me. Now I will speak on this one because we use that scripture a lot, especially when inviting people To receive Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right? Like he's knocking at the door of the heart of sinners. But here Jesus is talking to the church. He's talking to his children. He's talking to those he dearly and tenderly loves. He's talking to those that he is correcting. And he says, because I love you, I tell you your faults and convict and reprove and chasten you. I discipline you and instruct you. So be enthusiastic about it. And just change your mind. Repent. I'm not pushing you far from me. I'm coming close to you. I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. I'm not casting you away because you made a mistake. I'm not casting you away because you did wrong. I'm endearing you to myself. I'm coming closer to you. And if you will allow me to, I'll come in. But I'm not going to force myself on you. I just love you. Amen. Amen. The way to think about correction. What should our mindset be about correction? Job 5.17 in the Amplified Classic. Happy and fortunate is the man whom God reproves. So we are to think ourselves happy and fortunate when God corrects us. So do not despise or reject the correction of the Almighty, subjecting you to trial and suffering. What is this trial and suffering? It's what we've been talking about for the past three months, the dying to self, because it's just like, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. All right. So listen. Did you know that before the Ten Commandments was given that there wasn't any sin? The only sin was what God told people not to do. God told Adam and Eve, or he told Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When he ate from it, that was sin, because God had already told him not to do it. But the law was not written until Moses. So thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not da-da-da-da-da. None of that became sin until the law was given. Once the law, why did it become sin when the law was given? Because now they know it's wrong. Now it was it was put to them in no uncertain terms that this is wrong. That's what made it wrong. Let me give another example. Here in the United States, when we're driving on the highway, we have a speed limit. When we're driving and we drive faster than that speed limit, we are wrong. If the police catches us, we are dead to rights because that sign told us it was 65 miles per hour. If we even go 66, we're breaking that law. But compare that to Germany. In Germany, they have the Autobahn where there is no speed limit. You can drive as fast as you want. You can drive 100 miles per hour and the police will not stop you because you are not breaking any law. Why is it breaking the law in America, but not breaking the law in Germany? Because the law was given, this is what you shall not do. And if you do it, you are wrong. So now that I'm aware, dang, I can only drive 65 miles an hour. I'm running late. I'm in a rush and I really want to go faster. But I know that if I go faster, I'm breaking the law. So now I'm going through trial and suffering because I've got to die to self. I've gotten to die to that urge to speed and have road rage and honk the horn at everybody so I can speed past them. I'm going through the trial and suffering of knowing I should have woken up a little bit earlier or I should have left the house earlier or I should have gotten my things together last night. I'm dealing with trial and suffering because I'm having to deal with myself, be real with myself, acknowledge where I fell short and change my ways. I'm not wrestling with God in this. God is not wrong. I'm not wrestling with the police officer or the speed limit in this. They are not wrong. Everything that was wrong happened in me, and I've got to change my mindset about it and change my actions so that now I can joyfully comply with the law. Are you, are you all following this? I'm connecting it to the scripture. It says, do not despise or reject the correction of the Almighty subjecting you to trial and suffering. God is not punishing you by making you suffer. He's not punishing you by putting you through a test. He is merely putting the mirror of the word of God in front of you and showing you the areas that you need to fix, the areas that you need to let him fix, the the areas where you need to turn from your ways and turn to his ways. And that's where the struggle is because truth be told, we all like to do it our own way. Okay? So how to think about correction? Happy and fortunate is the man. We've got to renew our minds to this. Happy and fortunate is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise or reject the correction of the Almighty, subjecting you to trial and suffering. Proverbs 16.23, King James. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Correction's a good thing. Psalm 94, verses 12 through 13 in the Amplified Classic. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. So are you seeing a theme here? How are we to think about correction? We're to be happy about it. We're to be happy that the Lord is leading us in the right way. And now if we look at verse 13 here, why? Why does the Lord discipline us and instruct us and teach us out of his law? Verse 13, that he may give us power to keep ourselves calm in the day of adversity until the inevitable pit of corruption is dug for the wicked. Aren't we living in days of adversity? Aren't so many things going on that, Lord, what is the answer to this? What is the solution to this? Things are going crazy. The government is doing this. Inflation is doing that. The economy is doing it. My children, the schools. Oh, this is the day of adversity. But when we receive God's discipline, instruction, and correction, he, and we receive it, That's how we receive the power to keep ourselves calm. Why? Because we're staying steadfast on the word of God and doing what he has given us to do. So that these days of adversity, with everything that's swirling around us, has no effect on us. Because we are in this world, not of this world, and we're following the direction of the one who is carrying us through this world. Amen? Amen. Okay. Praise God. That was
0: very, very good. I hope you guys got those scriptures written down because, and the example that Prophetess free has given because um, one of the, one of the things that I tell her all the time and she can attest to this is that I hate going through discipline. <laughs> uh, I have said this to her because God has taken me through those things. I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, you know, exempt from going through struggles and God, you know, shaping and molding me. No one is. Hello, no one is. If you're a child of God, you're never grown enough where he doesn't have to deal with you. Okay, but I've told her plenty times, plenty of times, I absolutely love the fruit that is born from the correction and discipline of God. I mean, it is the most purest, and it is once you allow God to deal with you, Because no one likes to deal with that. No one. It hurts. It hurts to say, Lord, I see the flaw. I see the stiff-necked resistance that I have towards you and your word and your will for me. And so I find myself in this place with you, just me and you, you and your word, me and your word. And I have to make a choice. I'm going to either continue in the, my way, and the things that I want to do, or I'm going to turn and face your word and do it your way. Because I want everything that you have for me. See, I know you think that we have moved away from this book. We have not. I need you to remember we are still speaking about the art of receiving God's promises. This is it. So I need you to keep that foremost in your mind because what we are doing is giving you a, uh, a, con- a concept where we're bringing the scripture, we're bringing testimony, we're setting this up. We're giving it to you on a platter. We've set the table right here before your enemies. The enemy is that stubborn resistance. Filth. That, that, that place in your mind where you have been believing that everything that you do is, is fine because you have no one has um, confronted you with it. Well, today is the day. And sometimes we wonder why we, so a lot of times, right, um, as Prophetess Free was talking, and she was talking about us um, having to go through struggles, sometimes uh, what it looks like what what correction looks like we don't we think struggle is something that comes from the enemy oh the enemy is on me i can't he won't let me get (laughs) We want to blame the enemy about everything right and we don't recognize that our will is so strong trying to get that thing that we want and god is saying that is not you are doing it in the, your heart and mind, your whole purpose of, and reason for doing this and the way that you are going about it is incorrect. And you don't recognize that. And so the first thing you do is blame somebody instead of looking inside. The first thing you do is look to the, you want to give it to, you want to give all the blame to the enemy. And he, that is not where he wants to keep you. Where he wants to keep you is in the dark, but you are a child of the light, light be. Let me, Amen. let me, let me, let me just Ephesians 1 and 17. Let me just go here. Really Amen. Ephesians one seventeen. Let me just, and I'm going to read from the, from the Amplified Version. And it says, Ephesians 1, verse 17 says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal An intimate insight we're into the true knowledge of him for we know the father through the son a true not see he's he's asking that you would have insight that you would have light to see see we're not children of the dark and so, when God is putting us in a uh, a place where we can't, where we feel pressured, or we are, the correction is coming, and we feel that struggle and that that pressure, the 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 trials and the tribulation. Not 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 everything uh, is God correcting you. Some things it's because you got to break through, right? We we understand that, and some things. Uh, we're breaking through because the enemy has put a roadblock. But I'm speaking specifically about your heart and mind not being in alignment with God. Because either you have been taught wrong, you learned wrong, or you simply don't know. And God wants to Open up your mind so that you can have a true knowledge of who? The Father. Through who? The Son. Jesus Christ. And there's no other way for you to do that. God truly wants you to be enlightened. He wants you to know, and don't get, Nervous when somebody says meditate and enlighten and stuff like that. The world doesn't own um, any rights to those words. Okay? God is the creator of all things. And God wants your heart to be open to receive his truth. One other scripture, and we've gone through this scripture in Hebrews 12. Uh, yes, prophet, it is. prophet has brought it up. So because in Ephesians 1 and 17, he says, I'm always praying that your heart would be enlightened, that you would understand, know the truth and insight. And revelation, revelation is light. Why? Because in verse 11, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful yet to those who have been trained by it, Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Now, this is what righteousness, the peaceable fruit of righteousness is. This is why I said to you, I hate going through discipline. I hate going through correction because it doesn't feel good. But I've recognized when God is doing something. I recognize when I'm being disciplined and corrected and I yield to it. I'm telling you, it is anyone who's ever been disciplined in the natural understands it is not a good feeling. Oh my gosh, I cannot deal with it. But I receive it and I yield to it because of this the peaceable fruit. And this is what the peaceable fruit is right standing with God and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. Did you hear that? God's will and purpose. God's will and purpose. That is why your heart and mind has to change. It has to be renewed because we don't know. You don't know why you do what you do. You were, when you were born in sin, that was your whole makeup. When you came in to receive Jesus Christ and was born again, God is, it's like a child being in the womb of its mother. You do not see how that child is being born. You have no idea. All you see is the outward, the the growth of that. But when that baby is born, it is fully formed. And can live out its purpose and lifestyle. That's what God wants to do with us. because And so our purpose has to align with the will of God. And it has to align with what he has called us to do. And when we have a mindset or an idea or, or a concept, and it is in alignment with how the world does things, God has to show it, no, that's not my will for you. You're not going to fall in line with the purposes of this world and the way that they do things. Because I have called and ordained you. And I have set a purpose and a a destiny for you. And this is why correction is um, so difficult. Because it literally breaks us free from mindsets, yokes, and bondage where the dictator is our flesh, where we want to live out our own life. But the scripture says that we are in right standing with God because now we have surrendered and submitted to him, that he would ordain our lifestyle and our purpose our true identity. So work correction and what it looks like is not what you're going to always expect it to be. It's not going to be God saying, oh, daughter, son, I need you to do this this way. (laughs) Because we don't always heed to that, now do we? Because we can be like, let me say this and, and I'll let you speak. We can be like the two sons. When the, when the um, dad told the first son, go work in the vineyard, he said yes, but he never did. And the second one, he said, go work in my vineyard, and he said no, but later he thought better of it and he went and did it. And the question was put to them who did the father's will? The second one.
2: Amen. Amen. And with all of that, I am I am chuckling over here because Apostle True, I hear you saying, I hate discipline, but I love the fruit. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Correct me. Show me. Let me put it in the natural. If I have lipstick on my teeth, tell me. If I have a boogie in my nose, tell me, correct me. Um, my dad, he he taught me these. I'm a Go very briefly through these two examples. And I've just been meditating it the past week, and I and I've just it's just helped me to develop such a sensitivity to the Lord. No correction, no chastisement seems pleasant in the moment, but grievous. But it doesn't have to be like so grievous all the time. Let me let me give you these examples. So, two lessons my dad taught me. One, he says, if you found that you made a wrong decision make another one quick, not just haphazardly make a decision or so that you make another wrong decision. But if you find that this decision you have made is wrong, change your mind, change your direction, make another direction quick. What was he teaching me? He was teaching me, you don't have to stay in that wrong place. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go down with that ship. (laughs) You don't have to be loyal to that decision. If you found you've made a wrong decision, make another decision, turn, change, Turn your or change your mind, make another decision quick and the other lesson he taught me he was teaching me how to play basketball um, do you all know what a rebound is in basketball? a rebound somebody shoots the ball but misses and the ball comes back off of the backboard or whatever the person who catches the ball got the rebound okay so keep that in mind. he was teaching me how to get the rebound and what he did was he threw the ball up so that it bounced off of the backboard and when it came back I let it bounce and then I caught it and he was like no get the rebound so he threw it up there again and I let it bounce and I caught it he said no get the rebound and he threw it up there and the ball came back and he caught it he said that's the rebound I was like oh what was he Explaining to me the rebound is when you catch the ball while it's still in the air, it's not after you let it bounce and hit the ground and then catch it. What life lesson did I learn from that? When things don't go the way that you thought they would go, when that ball doesn't go in the basket like you thought it would and it bounces off, you don't have to let everything fall to pieces before you regroup. You can catch the ball while it's still in the air and take another shot, or you can dribble it and go to another position, you can regroup. What did these things teach me, both the the catching the rebound, not letting everything drop, and the making another decision quickly instead of staying with that wrong one? I learned how to be sensitive to the direction I was going in. When it got to the place where, hey, wait a minute now, this isn't looking like it's supposed to be looking. Wait a minute. This isn't, okay, Lord, did I miss you? Lord, I thought I heard you, but did I miss you? Lord, show me where I went wrong. Lord, because I, I've just developed such a sensitivity, and and out of that, I've developed like this hatred for negative yardage. I don't like to go all the way down the road to have to come back and do something that I could have done along the way. So, in this respect, I enjoy correction. <laughs> and I, not that I, I don't enjoy it. enjoy it, I just don't like the feeling that you. <laughs> no, correction. no, no. I get it. I get it. I get. I get it. But I do just because (laughs) yeah let's let's just get it now so that we can keep it rolling that's that's just my attitude so I'm over here chuckling while you're sharing your story and that's why I say all correction isn't bad and no it's not griefs and sometimes you know you don't like the feeling I don't like feeling embarrassed I don't like feeling you know and what else all that my pride in the way so that's what needs to die all of this correction but here's the thing Correction doesn't have to be as hard as it is. You remember in, towards the opening, I said that the more sensitive our hearts are towards God, the more readily we respond to him, the lighter his touch can be where correction is concerned. It's training it's training and going back to hebrews chapter 12 he god chastens those he loves he loves us as sons but if we don't endure the chastening if we don't endure it then we're like bastards why because we're not allowing our father to correct us and direct us absolutely okay absolutely and, and it comes down to what apostle true said submitting to God's will, yielding to his will. And we need to, I'm, I'm, since I'm putting this challenge out to you, as saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost as you are, I'm putting this challenge out to you. Make a decision that God's word is right. Bottom line, no discussion, no debate, no reasoning. His word is just right. Let that be a cornerstone in your life. Let that be the foundation of your life. Whether, and and hear me when I say this know it in your knower. Know it so much that if this isn't true, then nothing else is true at all. That's how real and true this is. God's word is right. Know it in your knower that nobody can tell you different. Whether you agree with that word or not, know that it is right. And then what do you do? You give God, you want to God. I want to believe your word. I want to believe that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I want to believe that you have pr- pleasure in the prosperity, in my prosperity. I want to believe that my enemies will be at peace with me. I want to believe that your favor surrounds me like a soul. I want, I see that in your word. I'm not seeing manifestation in my life, but I know your word is right. So if I'm not seeing it, I know the problem is not with you. It's with me. We need to get to know that the word of God is right. And so I'm just, I want to share some more scriptures with us. This comes from uh, Psalm 19, verses 7 through 14. And it's in the Amplified Classic. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 14. The perfection of the word. Just know that God's word is right. Just know that, know that, know that, know that. Whether you agree with it or not right now, doesn't even matter. You need to get this into the core of your being, that God's word is right. Psalm, and I'm just going to read it. And everywhere we see the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts, the commandments, all of that, let's equate to the word of the Lord, okay? Here we go. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even than much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his lapses and errors? Clear me from hidden and unconscious faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless, and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock, and my Redeemer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's back up here. This is, you see, I've titled this the perfection of the word. The word is perfect. Let's just know it in our knower. It is perfect. It is right. And this is what I want you to understand. When you yield to it, when you submit to it, then you'll find that the word will make you perfect. What does that word perfect mean? means mature, equipped to fulfill your purpose. Exactly what Apostle True was talking about. Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. Restoring it to the state of when God created, when God created Adam. Perfect. Where God was his only thing that he knew. The law of the Lord is perfect, and when you renew your mind to it, and when you submit to it, you'll find that you, spirit, soul, and body, will be restored back to the way that God created you in the beginning. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. We don't have to wonder about it. We don't have to, well, maybe it's right. Ooh, it's 88% right. No, it's sure. And when you become sure of it, you will become wise because you'll be walking in the wisdom of the Lord, that spirit of wisdom and revelation that Apostle True just read. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, it's right. What was Apostle True just said? Well, I'll say, it. we don't like to be wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't like that feeling of being wrong. Well, the precepts, the word of the Lord is right. That rejoices the heart just on that level altogether. But it's right because it's something to know that you're on the right side of an issue. You ever? So we'll go back to that highway. You ever been driving? There was a speed trap. There was a police officer sitting there and the police officer pulled out after that car that was ahead of you speeding, and you're like, whoo, I'm glad I was on the right side of that. I'm glad I was um, going speed limit and the cop didn't pull me over. It's good to be on the right side of things. Um, And it rejoices our heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. We can trust what God shows us. The reverent fear of the Lord, let me tell you what the reverent fear of the Lord is. It's the thing that says, God, you're right. God, you're God, all by yourself. God, you never make a mistake. God, you know more than I know, and I am just so in awe of you because you just are everything. You know everything. Some people have a hiccup about that because they feel like, you know, um, preachers try to brainwash you. They don't want you to think for yourself. They want you to just trust the word of God. Just trust God. Just When you trust God wholly that way, it's clean. You will live a clean life because you'll obey what he says. And you'll know that he only has good for you and he's only leading you for good. And it endures forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to worry about putting all of your trust in him and then he goes and gets brand new on you. You don't have to worry about that. The reverent fear of the Lord, it's clean, enduring forever because God, in all of his goodness, Endures forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. We can trust them. We can trust them. It's and here's it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. If we just trust in the Word of God, if we just and 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 you know what? Let's not even get into the word trust. Believe, faith. If you just take the Word of God as truth, just make it your truth. It's true because it is. Period. That'll take us a long way in correction. We'll yield to what God says simply because we know He's right. Even if we don't like it, even when it doesn't feel good, we know He's right. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and the drippings from the honeycomb. Life is so good when we're walking in the will of God. Moreover, by them, all those things that constitute His word, by them is your servant warned, reminded of things that we may have let slip, illuminated to things that we did not know, instructed in the way that we should go and the things that we should do. And when we keep his word, there is great reward. Now, who can discern his lapses and errors? Clear me from hidden and unconscious faults. This is where the psalmist is yielding. Lord, I give you permission to correct me. I give you permission to give me your word. I give you permission to speak to me. I've got, the Apostle True said it earlier, I've got things going on with me that I don't know. Jeremiah tells us the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But God knows it. So Lord, here's that fear of the Lord that's clean. I know you know. And I trust you. So I'm opening up. Speak to me. Show me. Keep your servant back from presumptuous sins. Those things that I want to do that I know I shouldn't do please don't let them have dominion over me. And the way they won't have dominion over me is, Lord, when you speak to me, I'm going to obey what you say. Then shall I be blameless and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgression. And here is the ultimate submission. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Not my sight. Your sight. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of what I want what I think, what I feel, what I think is right. And I'm turning to what you want, what you think, what you feel, what you say is right. And I'm aligning the words of my mouth. Why? Because they're coming out of the meditation of my heart. They're coming out of what I'm putting in my heart. They're coming out of what I'm thinking, what I'm desiring. I yield to you, Father, and I submit my words to you, my meditations to you, my thoughts to you, my desires to you. Let them be subtle in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen.
0: Praise God. You know, um, this whole time as you were talking, um, I just kept uh, hearing so righteousness and the law. Those those two words have been sticking in my mind, and the Lord keeps. Showing and sharing things with me because uh, the example you gave about the law um, and being obedient about uh, being obedient and obeying those laws and uh, you know just the righteousness, being right with God. But I I I, I still want to remind you. So this is this is eternity chat. And the reason why I keep wanting to remind you of this is because these precepts that we're going through and the scriptures relate to your life now because we have eternity now. And we can live the best life that God has for us, that he has ordained for us, the purpose that he has for us because we've received his son, Jesus Christ and we've received life again, there is no penalty of death. There's just the abundant life that he wants to give us. And so when we're not living that abundant life, we're not living the promises of God and receiving them. We are living a defeated life. We are still living a life that is under the law we 're still living a life where we are uh, a life where we have dictated the things that we want, and we will deal with the the consequences later so Prophetess priest stated that the purpose of the law was established because before the law came. Th- There was sin, but there was no law to show us what we were doing wrong. And so, how do why do why would she say that? Why and why would God have to set a law? Because if you think about this, um, the scriptures of Noah, chapter um, 11 or not uh, in the Genesis, right? Uh, where he had the where the flood came, do you remember? why the flood came? Do you remember what the people did? Whatever came to their mind. They did what, he said, I can. they did whatever they wanted to do. And so after the flood, what comes next? Noah's family line. Who's there? Abraham. What does God tell Abraham to do? Come up out of that country that you're in, that serves idols, that serves the whim of your flesh, that serves everything that it wants to do. He says, come up out of that mindset, come up out of that country, leave everything behind. And if you read the scriptures in Genesis 12, it tells you that when Abraham begins to work, when he leaves and begins to to travel uh, where God tells him, He begins to set up altars. What is that? He is worshiping and praising the living God. He is establishing this new way. So by the time Moses gets here and sets up the law, everything is established, the right and the wrong. So when Jesus gets here and he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, he has destroyed the flesh. He has taken the penalty for it. And through Jesus, we are free to die to self.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Why? Because he is the son. And because we are, are, listen, we're not orphans. See, an orphan will find his way to do whatever he needs to do to to survive. But we're not orphans, we're children. We're not, I'm going to say it again, we're not orphans, we are children. And our father, we have a father, Jesus came to show us the Father that we may be in right standing. What does that mean? We come from out under the law and into a right relationship with the Father. Now we are on the side of right. She said, oh, I'm so glad when she gave the example of driving down the road and the police officer pulls the person ahead of you over. And that person who sees that says, "Oh my goodness, I'm so glad I was on the right side of that. I was so, I'm so glad I was on the right side of the law. Somebody need to get that. I'm so glad I was on the right side of the law. I'm in the right side of the law. I'm on the side where Jesus has died for my sins, and it does not take that much for me to die and surrender and say." Lord, have your way with my life. Because you are in right standing. You are on the right side of the law. You are on the right side. You are not only forgiven, you are washed clean. You have access to the Father. You didn't have that before. As an orphan, as someone under the law, there had to be someone there always guiding and leading you and And that's why sometimes we don't get it. That's why when prophetess says, um, "the we have to make the decision to um, know that the word of God is true and believe it in our just believe that God is right in what He's saying." We have to recognize that because He is the Father.
2: That's it.
1: That's it. That's
0: it. He knows
2: what's best for his children. We are not orphans. So that goes back to what you were saying when you would tell your children and they would ask why. You weren't obligated to tell them why. And matter of fact, my growing up, a lot of them, because I said so. <laughs> that was enough. But you're not, as the parent, you're not obligated to say why. You know what's best. And it's the child's responsibility to align with that. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We are on the right side. When you receive Jesus, you are on the right side of the Lord. Jesus has already died for our sins. So we have died with him. And we have risen up in obedience. We have risen up To know who the father, that's why that access to God is so powerful. That's why that access is so, let me, and I'm going to say this last thing. When Prophet is Free was talking about Revelations 3, about the knocking on the door. I saw a vision of a heart. Because, again, she's correct. A lot of times it's a, a salvation type of thing. You know, God is knocking on the heart, the door of your heart. But this is what I saw. See, the heart is supposed to be able to allow blood to flow through. It's supposed to be access to every part of the body. And when there is blockage, something has to be you have to get through and he's trying to knock that that hardened artery he's trying to open that up so that you can have the full flow and access to everything remember we're talking about the eternity chat we're talking about the art of receiving god's promise he is talking to the church there When God is dealing with us, and when we hear him, and our hearts are not receptive to, to, um, to submitting and to releasing whatever it is that God wants to do, and we don't believe him, if God says, you know, you, you are, you're, you're in sin, and you're like, how, oh, I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, and this. you're out of line. I've been doing this, and I've been saying that, and I haven't done this, I haven't done that, and I haven't done that. That is that hardened part. That's that blockage. Instead, we need to say, Lord, show me where it's at. You need to go in and do the word. Because the word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is the discerner of the heart. Amen. Amen. And so it knows where the blockage is. And we have to get into a place where we say, yes, Lord. I don't know how to surrender, Lord. Show me what I need to do. Amen. But that's what I keep hearing and what I see. We are on the right side of the law when we receive the correction and direction of our Lord and
2: Savior our master, Jesus Christ. Amen. And um, our time is well spent, but I'm really hearing the Lord say to share this. Mm-hmm. Saints, we must be intentional about hearing the word of the Lord. We must be intentional about holding on to the word that the Lord has given us. We must be intentional about obeying the word that the Lord has given us. We know the days and the times that we're living in. If you don't, let me tell you, we're living in perilous times. Okay? We're coming to the end of days here where it's it's and you just look at what's going on in your world. People, I mean they've been doing it, you know, forever, but really calling right, wrong, wrong, right. I was on, it was featured on my news station here today. There was some kind of hearing and there's the whole issue of abortion. And um, one of the, I, I, I think it was one of the judges, somebody asked the witness, so do you think men can get pregnant and have babies? And the woman sincerely said, yes. This is the kind of world we're living in. This is the kind of world we're living in. We cannot take God's word for granted anymore. We can't take for granted, well, I pray to God every morning and I just trust that I'm being led by God. Well, that is good, but have you received a word from God, a direction from God on what you were supposed to do? Well, I did this last week, so I'm going to do this this week. No, 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 no. We must be intentional about hearing the word of God for everything that we do, that let's make that our cornerstone, our baseline, our foundation, our platform, God is right. And then let us move to the place, God, if I don't hear from you, I'm not going. I'm going to stay where I am continuing to do what you've given me to do until I hear the next step. Um, In other words, I'm not going to take for granted that I'm supposed to do this Mm. thing. We must be intentional about it. And we must be intentional about obeying the word of God. We don't have the luxury of disobeying the word of God. We don't have that luxury. Never have, but we really don't. Okay? So, yes, there's grace, there's repentance, there's all of that. Praise God. Things are in place if we do miss the mark. But to just say, oh, I'll do this now and repent later, Mm -mm. time out for that. Deception is running so rampant. And it's not about putting the blame on the devil. The church has not stood up as she was supposed to stand up. And now all of this havoc or the devil is wreaking havoc as he should be. That's his job. That's what he does. He's the God of this world. And we as the church have not put up the standard that we were supposed to put up. And so now we're dealing with all of this. Have you ever had a battle with your weight? And you say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm I'm not going to, you know, okay, so I'm gaining weight, but I'm not going to get to this weight. And then you get like a pound or two from it. You're like, oh, now I really can't eat those sweets anymore. Or let me go back in the day. Mac, mac, mac. You hear me? back in the day. I used to smoke. And, you know, I, I want to quit smoking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'll tell you what. When the price of cigarettes gets to be $2.50, I'm going to quit. What? <laughs> so they get up to like 240 dollars dollars Well, I'm going to keep smoking until it up to 2 51 well, no, th- we don't have the luxury of waiting till it hits this mark before we're not going to do it anymore. Did you hear the scripture we read? Um, Holy Spirit, please bring it to my remember. Oh, we haven't read it yet. But it's in Proverbs 4, and it says to um, keep perverse. Yeah, we're going. I'm going to pull it up right here. Okay. But it says to keep perverse words far from you. Mm. In other words, we're not supposed to see how close we can get to sin and not fall mm. We don't have that luxury. We shouldn't even have that desire. Mm, 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 mm. We must be intentional about, de- that's what it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We must be intentional about desiring the word of God, mm, mm. hearing the word of God, following the word of God, obeying the word of God, requiring the word of God. So now let's look at it. I, it's Proverbs 4 in the, in the King James Version. If you have your Bible, which I hope you do, I want you to listen as I read this. But if you're looking at my screen, you see that there are some bolded words. These words are things that we must do intentionally. I will emphasize them as I read. And as you're following along in your Bible, and you're not afraid of marking up your Bible, circle these words. Mm-hmm. These are things that each of us must do intentionally so this is proverbs chapter 4 in the king james version the entire chapter hear ye children it's our responsibility to hear hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding get that one i missed it for i give you good doctrine forsake ye excuse me forsake ye not My law, verse three, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Jesus came that we might have life and have life more abundantly, but it's our responsibility to live it. And we can only live it according to God's word. Verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of thy life shall be many I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked. And go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away, meaning pass on, keep on going, keep it moving. Verse 16, for they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. The implication is, be established in the right way. Verse 27, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. We have a responsibility, saints. All of those things were our responsibility. We must do them intentionally. This is the part where it's dying to self. This is the part where it's denying the flesh. This is the part where it's humbling ourselves before God. This is the part where it's casting all of our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. This is where it comes to um, knowing that His word is right, and then choosing to do His word because it is right. Thank you. That's what's going to keep us by the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And you know, there's one scripture that I want to emphasize. It says, um, well, verse 20, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Jump down to verse 22. For they are life unto those that find them. Does that remind you of anything? Like John six sixty-three? When Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life? Well, they just are. Because we just talked about the perfection of God's word. The word that Jesus speaks to us. They are spirit and they are life. That's the fact. That's the truth. However, they are only life unto those that find them. So though they're life, they're not going to be life to you unless you find them. What does that mean? Unless you read it, unless you study it, unless you meditate it, unless you let Holy Spirit minister it to you, unless you get that Rama word behind it. What is the Rama word? The Rama word is the word that Holy Spirit empowers to you, for you, for a specific situation. The only way you find it is by communing with God. Spending time with him and letting him speak to you and having your ears open to hear him. Amen. Oh, that's verse
0: 17 and 18. Uh uh eight times, sorry, 18 and 19. In the amplified, if you don't mind, I just want to read. It says, But the path of the just, which is the righteous, mm-hmm. on the right side. Mm-hmm. is like the light light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and the glory in the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness because you're on the wrong side. So you will find it if you stay on the right side. If you stay in the path of righteousness where there is light, where Jesus is the light. You don't have to stumble because the word of God says they stumble over it because they're in darkness. Mm -hmm. But you will find it if you stay on the right side.
2: Amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, my prayer for everybody today came out of Acts chapter 2. This is when um, uh, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost had come, and Peter had preached the message. And and I chuckled because Peter took every opportunity to say, this Jesus that you crucified, you know, the one that is now sitting at the right hand of God Mm. that y'all thought y'all took out. You know, I think he had a little bit of fun with that. But anyway, um, it said that he preached it. And then it says, now when they heard this, talking about the people, When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. Well, actually, let me read 38 out of the Amplified Classic. It says, and Peter answered them, repent. Change your views and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner selves instead of rejecting it. Mm -hmm. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of and release from your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. My prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice, whether you're listening in real time or listening through a replay, is that the word that God spoke here today, that it has pricked your heart. And the picture that I get, okay, it's kind of gross. Um, I know someone who had an infection and it, it rose up into a boil, you know, and when they pricked it, it got full enough that when they pricked it, the pus started coming out the pus it was not very sightly it looked nasty and it smelled bad but because it was pricked there was room for the nasty stuff to come out and in making room for the nasty stuff to come out i'm coming back to the scripture now the word pricks your heart so that the nastiness can come out now there is a room for god's word and god's light and god's love to come in that hardened artery Yeah, there, that's right. That's right. And so, my prayer today is that your hearts have been pricked in the name of Jesus and that you now have increased capacity to receive from God. This is the art of receiving God's promises. But God is not going to force himself on us. He's not going to force his gifts on us. We must openly receive him. And some of us have been so full of regret, so full of condemnation, so full of shame, so full of anger, so, shame, so full of bitterness, so full of the toxic, infectious stuff that we haven't had room to let the love or the light of God in but i am believing that today your hearts were pricked that toxic stuff is oozing out that you'll allow the holy spirit to squeeze it so it was out faster all of it come out and now you've got room increased capacity to receive from god everything that he's been trying to get to you on the level that he's trying to get it to you
1: mm, mm,
2: mm. Hallelujah, that you won't just take a little bit and say that's enough. But no, you'll find because do you know that the kingdom of God, the word of God, the life of God is expansive? It looks little going in, but every time you go in, you'll find there's more and more room. There's more and more room. There's more. It's expansive. God has more and more from you. And as much as you're able to receive, he's able to give and even more. Try it. Try it. Let him in crave his word, desire his word. We didn't talk much about it today, but the new wine, keep tasting the new wine. Nobody having drunk the old wine straightway says the new wine is better, but I want to encourage you to keep tasting this new wine until you come to desire the taste of the new wine, until you come to acquire the taste of the new wine this is what Mm -hmm. it is until you come to require the taste of the new wine i don't want anything else Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in the name of jesus incline your ear to the sayings that you've heard here today and that word incline it means to deviate from a, an erect or parallel position, meaning you're you're set in this way. Let's say you're set in your ways, but when you incline your ear towards the Lord's sayings,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: intentionally lean towards it. You might even say putting your good ear on it. You, mm-hmm. you, you lean towards what he's saying. You leave your steady path, and you lean to hear what the Lord is saying, and you incline yourself towards him. Now you're drawn to him, and now you're aligned with him, and you're experiencing the life that God's wisdom brings. Amen. 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 So the amen. doors
0: are open, Apostle True. Hallelujah. Absolutely. In the name of Jesus. We just thank you today thank you. for joining us. And I pray that for those who have not opened the, their hearts to receive and incline their ears, to receive God, that you would right now. I pray that anything and everything that was saved, that you were able to receive it. We believe that the word of God has found good ground in your heart.
2: Amen. Amen. We
0: believe that. Amen. Matter of fact, we know it because the word of God does not return unto him. It shall find the habitation, the place where it needs to be, and it shall produce fruit. Amen. And so we're just asking you if your heart has been pricked Mm -hmm. and that which was not of God, that which was a foreign object has now been released where now the blood can flow see because that pus has to be, linked, be released that which does not belong has to be removed so that the blood can blood flow. flow
2: that's
0: right that's when you know it's all gone because there's no more yellow green stuff but the red blood begins to flow and if that is you today If you're tired of your heart being hardened by the things and the situations that you have been going through, and you're crying out to God, and you're saying, Lord, I want the blood to flow. I can't get enough of you. I need more of you. And I don't know what it is that is preventing me, but I'm surrendering today. I want you to correct me. I want you to guide me. I want you to mold me. I want you to shape me. I want you to do it, Father God. And once you come in and you do that, Lord, I'm going to do just like Proverbs 4 says, I'm going to guard my heart.
1: I'm
0: going to guard my heart oh, that it doesn't get infected with those things again. That bitterness and regret, hallelujah, and condemnation do not come in. And all you have to do is say, Lord, come in to my life and take my life over. I surrender because I want to be on the right side. No longer do I want to be under the law. I want to be on the right side with God. I want to be right with God. And so, Father God, I just thank you for loving me so much that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die and take the penalty of death. And now I can live free in the name of Jesus. I need you to open up your mouth and just say, thank you, Jesus.
2: Thank you, Jesus.
0: That I don't have to die.
2: That I don't have to die.
0: Because you have already died in my place.
2: Because you have already died in my place. All I have to do. All I have to do. Is submit to you. Is submit to you. Let you you be Lord of my life. Let you be Lord of my life.
0: So that I can have access to the Father.
2: So I can have access to the Father.
0: So I can rightly have.
2: So I can rightly have.
0: My inheritance.
2: My inheritance.
0: I want to live my life for you.
2: I want to live my life for you. And so today, Lord. And so today, Lord.
0: I say. I say. I say. Have your way. Have your way. In my life. In my life. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. (laughs) And I've changed directions. And I've changed directions. And I have inclined my ear. And I've inclined my ear. And now I'm dedicated to serving
2: you. And now I'm dedicated to serving you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, hallelujah. prophet is free talked about Acts 2. See, at that same time, hallelujah, as he began to talk to them, hallelujah, and began to to deal with the heart issues, something amazing happened. Those who were there got filled with the spirit of the living God, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Fire came down in the name of Jesus. And so, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we're praying, Father God, for fire, Father God. We're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for every believer, Father God, who opened up their mouths and declared, Father God, Jesus Christ is Lord in their life. Lives right now, Lord. And we're, Father God, declaring in the name of Jesus that those who are Christians who have given their life to God but have not been filled with the Holy Spirit be filled now. We're asking for the power of God to fall down. I need you to open your mouth and just ask God to fill you,
2: fill me, Lord,
0: with the power of God,
2: with the power of God,
0: baptize me, baptize me with fire, with fire. Now open your mouth. And from the pits of your belly, let the spirit of the living God flow in the name of Jesus, and begin to
2: speak in your prayer language) 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 language. Thank you, you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you,
2: Jesus. Thank you, you, Father. In the name
0: of Jesus.
2: In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
0: Now, for each and every one of you who have given your life to Christ and who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to email us, to reach out and let us know what God has done, we are willing to mentor or even help you find you a church that is a Bible believing church that is a that sticks to the word, believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, casting out demons and healing in the name of Jesus, raising the dead. Come on, we believe in the whole, we believe God's word. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so we're going to be praying for you, for every one of you who did receive the Lord as uh, Jesus as their Lord and Savior and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you will find a church home. But you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us. We love to hear your testimonies and your story. And we have heard many. Amen. Amen. So we just give you glory. We give God glory and honor right now. And we give you a welcome into the family.
2: Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Into the household of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you would like to join us next week in Discipleship Way, Um, to discuss this Eternity Chat, to share the revelation that you have received, to share the breakthrough that you have received, to celebrate your coming into the family. Hallelujah. Join us, join us, join us. It happens um, next week. The America Chapter happens on Friday um, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern. It happens on Wednesday which comes before Friday at 4.30 p.m. East African time. Go to discipleshipway.org slash taste dash and dash C to register. Okay. Discipleshipway.org slash taste and C. You are so welcome. We're so excited to have you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you guys,
0: our time has ended. Hallelujah. For this Saturday, but we will be with you again next month on the third Saturday. And we would like to see you here once again. And we want to thank you once again for joining us and always meeting here, meeting us here, and being a part of what God is doing here at Discipleship Way, God's love song, True Free Love Ministries. Hallelujah. We just thank you. And we want to say, have a blessed and prosperous week. May your Sunday be joyful. May the word of God be implanted and instilled in your hearts. And may you continually grow and train yourself to receive God's correction so that you may be able to enlarge in your territory and your capacity for the things of God. Amen. We love you and God bless you. Shalom.